understand the love you have for me. Who can pick me up when I fall? No one but you. Thank you for joining us. This is uh, David Murray. I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers, uh, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, this broadcast is Deal for Your House. 
Dorothy, how are you doing this evening? Thank you for, for joining us. I know you're on the road and you have a lot going on tonight, so thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, all things considered. David, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I still have hair, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Now, I, I understand uh, there's not going to be any chat. Uh, there's no one in the chat room right now simply because uh, uh, Dorothy is mobile. So um, if anyone's trying to chat in, please understand tonight we're, we're just trying to get this broadcast out live and going, um, but some things had to get sacrificed in order to make that happen. One of them is the chat room. So we do apologize in advance for that. There's a chance we may lose Dorothy, who's on the road, um, and if that happens, then um, I'll sign off by myself. Uh, you'll be missed, Dorothy. But uh, but at least, at least we're on the air and we're we're doing our humble part this evening. Dorothy, anything you wanted to share or, or talk about before I, I get into tonight's uh, teaching? Uh, nothing that comes to mind. I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the teaching because a lot of people look to other Christians to get a word of knowledge rather than speaking it from Father directly. So I think it's mm-hmm. very, very important teaching. Oh, amen. Yeah, I, th- I have not been so excited um to share a teaching, I mean, I love and enjoy thoroughly all of the um, the, the the things the Lord has allowed me to bring forth uh, as a member in the body, and we all have things to bring forth in a member as a member of the body, every one of us. Um, but this, in particular, um, that we're going to be getting into is the, the what I'm calling the gifts of the spirit series. Um, just basic, plain, didn't want to get anything fancy. I'm going to be speaking probably in the next couple of months on um, the gifts of the spirit. And um, tonight we're going to be starting with how to flow in word of knowledge. And the reason why uh, the Lord has led me down this path, for those of you that, that have joined in or, or started, uh, kind of like using the word following, because um, we're followers of Christ, and I understand that's semantics, but, you know, so w- whatever. For those of you that started following or listening to uh, these broadcasts, to uh, the blog that I write on, you'll know that I've laid in the past year uh, pretty much on Blog Talk Radio, a foundation of righteousness. What is righteousness? What are we as the righteousness of Christ? Um, because we can't really discuss anything from the kingdom perspective unless we first walk in the mindset of the kingdom. And understanding who our Heavenly Father is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and who we are in relation to God from their mindset, from truth, from universal truth, um, to the degree that we don't walk in that, understand what the cross has done to us, what, how it's changed us, how we've been reconciled. If we're ever trying to find worth or identity or value, significance, approval, um, any of that from what we do, um, from how we perform, whether it's in, in the workplace, in our families, with friends, with strangers, and especially when it comes to the kingdom. If we ever begin to attempt to place self-worth in our gifts, in our place in the body, in our calling, in our areas of service, in our function, it will pervert, it will limit, it will taint, it will hinder um, the Holy Spirit from flowing through us because partners in spirit and in truth with us to the degree we're not walking by the truth that we are fully loved and pleasing, we're trying to gain something apart from God that will always taint 
what the Holy Spirit is trying to do through us. And so because of that, up until this point, I've really, for the most part, been hitting aspects of our identity from different angles. So if you're tuning in late to me or you don't, some of you may not really know who I am too much, I would invite you to please take your time or consider going on my website, uh, dwmurray.com, and just feasting in the word on the scriptures about our identity, us being fully pleasing to him, um, us being righteous in his eyes. Um, because it's, um, it's everything. Um, so from that biblical place, from understanding that none of the gifts add to our worth or whatever gifts we don't flow in detracts from our worth, our worth is because we are the righteousness of Christ. That is a gift. He has imparted to us value and worth and love that can't be added to and can't be taken away from. Um, so from that truth, we're going to begin discussing uh, the gifts of the Spirit and how to flow in them. And so this week we're going to talk about word of knowledge. I'm going to try to keep this um, spiritually basic, um, right to the point. I'm going to try to to stay on point and and, uh, this uh, clear and easy. uh, Flowing in the gifts are not meant to be difficult. Flowing in the gifts of the Spirit is not a sign of our spiritual maturity. Hebrews... um, 512 describes that maturity as a child of God is defined, is recognized by someone who understands what righteousness is. Um, The Corinthian church is a wonderful reminder and example to us. They moved um, more in more gifts than any other epistles, any other church was demonstrated as having um, moved in. And yet they were, as defined by Paul, the most carnal-minded fellowship of all the fellowships in the region. Please remember that gifts are not a sign of maturity. Um, We are all meant to flow in gifts, but we're meant to commune with him in spirit and in truth, knowing we're loved and fully pleasing. And then the gifts become fun because the gifts allow us to minister God's goodness to others. Um, So a little bit of an introduction here. The purpose of studying the gifts of the Spirit is so that we can learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and ultimately flow with what Father God is desiring to do at any given moment. Can we learn how to flow and yield to the Holy Spirit so that we can do what we see our Father doing? Jesus said that, who is the perfect example of us. He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. That was literal, and we are we are our ultimate um, intention, our ultimate um, privilege. Our ultimate privilege is to do what we see our Father doing. And one of the ways we do that is as we continue to grow in um, the understanding that we are spirit beings, that we commune with God in spirit and in truth, and learning how to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit and yield to it. The purpose of study is application. That's a point we must understand in in every part of our spiritual walk, our spiritual journey. Anything that we study from a kingdom perspective that the Lord leads or oppresses upon our spirit to learn about, the purpose of study is application of what we're studying. Theology is not the end game. Theology or understanding the word, the Bible, the doctrines, the truths in proper, 
proper biblical perspective are meant to be a platform, a foundation in which we engage the kingdom of heaven, in which we engage the realm of the spirit, in which we engage the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So that's a reminder. Please encourage all of you. The purpose of study is to apply the revelation understanding of what we're studying. It's not meant to stay mentally trapped inside of us. It's meant to have an understanding because the greater our understanding, the greater we yield to the will and the heart and the mind and intention of what Father God is doing from his throne room as he leads within us to do on his behalf. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, to one there is given through the message to the spirit, a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that spirit, to another miraculous powers. That word miraculous powers literally means dunamis. You can use the word dunamis a little bit. Uh, it's, it's power, dynamite. To another prophecy and to another distinguishing between spirits. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, um, there are several gifts or ways in which the Holy Spirit desires to move through his children, through the, through the body of Christ. I'm going to point out four in particular that were mentioned in, in verses 7 through 10. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word of prophecy, and distinguishing between spirits or discernment of spirits. Those four are typically referred to as revelation gifts. They are gifts that give revelation to something. We all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are all meant to flow in the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit. You know, we often talk about the gifts of the Spirit as if, they are, uh, as if they're separate from God. Well, it's a gift of God. Really, more accurately, it's an aspect of his nature that wants to move and flow through us. So a gift of the Holy Spirit, really, if we're really being accurate, is a manifestation or an expression of the Holy Spirit through us or through another person, right? So we, we, we need to um, kind of steer back toward the heart of it all instead of looking at gifts as, well, this is my gift. Well, no, that's the Holy Spirit inside of us, and he chooses to show or reveal or minister a certain way. That's the way it's, it's, um, it's meant to flow. We're meant to, it's meant to flow. The gifts are meant to flow as an outflow, as an expression of the communion we have with him. So before we get in to what exactly is word of knowledge, um, some ground rules. Um, we'll go over some ground rules. I'm pretty big on ground rules. When we begin talking about something we haven't touched on before, so we have four basic ground rules here in, in talking about the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations or aspects of the Holy Spirit wanting to move through the body and in the body of Christ. Number one, gifts are not infallible. The Holy Spirit is infallible. He is working through children of God that are all in the process of walking in the mind of Christ to varying degrees. Because we all walk in the mind of Christ and in the truth of God's word and believe it about ourselves to varying degrees, there will be degrees in which the perfect spirit of God moves through an imperfect vessel could yield less than perfect results or a less than perfect flow of that expression of the Holy Spirit. 
there have been times when I, the Lord shared with me something about someone, because we're all in this process together, we're all growing, myself at the top of that list. I've probably made more mistakes than anybody else. Really, really. I'm not thinking that's not like false humility. That's the truth. I've made pretty much every mistake you can make in learning about these things and, and, and in my journey. And I still make mistakes. Um, but there was a time in particular when the Lord shared upon me, showed me something and told me I need to share this with this individual. Well, the word was spot on. I, the Lord showed me something about this individual. Um, I, I addressed it. It was a, a hidden sin. purpose of it, of why the Lord wanted me to share it, was to draw that person to repentance, to restore that person back to God's love for that person. Okay, they were struggling with, with, um, with shame, with guilt, with thinking certain things about God that were not true, that he didn't love them anymore. And so I was called to expose in private through, through a word of knowledge, through an insight, for that person. But here's the thing. I didn't do it with a lot of love because of my own junk, my own garbage. So you took the perfect Holy Spirit. He moved through an imperfect vessel that wasn't walking at the time very well in the mind of Christ. And you had a very imperfect um, expression of the Holy Spirit. See, what a lot of times what happens is the body of Christ is we look at the vessel. We, um, we have not been taught to trained how to hear the Holy Spirit moving through imperfect vessels. So if the vessel is imperfect, we toss out the word of the Holy Spirit. And we need to stop doing that because none of us are perfect. We need to hear the Holy Spirit speaking even through the most broken vessels. And um, so anyway, going back, the gifts are not fallible. The gifts, um, or excuse me, excuse me, the gifts are not infallible. The gifts are not perfect. The second is gifts are not universal law. That gift, that impartation, that word, whatever that gift is, um, whatever that expression is, it's specific to that situation. So whatever we hear is not a universal law that we're to cling to. Number three, gifts do not overrule the word of God. Gifts, manifestations, expressions of someone speaking by the unction or the leading or the impression of the Holy Spirit is always subject to the Word of God, will never overrule the Word of God, ever, ever. The Word of God is our final authority. Number four, because of that, the gifts are to be judged. We don't judge a person. We judge the gifts, judge fruits. We're not in the business of judging people. God is determined for us to judge in the, the judgment seat of Christ. We'll judge the angels and judge other things. We don't judge people on this earth. We judge fruits, we judge um, gifts, we judge words, never the person, okay? So let's recap those. Gifts are not infallible, right, because we are flawed vessels. Gifts are not universal law. They're specific to a situation. Gifts do not overrule the word of God. And number four, gifts, gifts are to be judged. My phone hung up, which usually will mess up the show if you hang up. Yours did, Dorothy? I'm sorry, are you hearing me? I can hear you, Dorothy. But yeah, I can double-check and, and see if it's still on there. And sorry for the interruption, guys. Okay, I just had to, my phone dumped. Looks like the studio reconnected me open. I'll mute it now. Okay, no problem. I think we're still okay. Okay, so 
having discussed those four aspects, those four, those are four um, what I call ground rules um, or guidelines in which any expression of the Holy Spirit wanting to move through us um, must be governed by, must be safeguarded through those four principles. So what is word of knowledge? Here is a definition of word of knowledge. Here's my definition of word of knowledge. And there's many to express it because you're expressing a spiritual truth, a spiritual principle, an aspect of the Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge is information that is directly communicated from the Holy Spirit to our spirit. It is an otherwise unknown piece of information and insight. Okay, I'll say that again. Word of knowledge is information that's directly communicated from the Holy Spirit living inside of us to our spirit man where he lives. It is an otherwise unknown piece of information or insight. In other words, it's a word from the Holy Spirit about something that otherwise could not be known. It's a hidden truth, a fact about someone or something. Okay? It's a word of, in other words, saying it's a word of divine knowledge imparted to us. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Now that has several applications, that, that the principle of that is that the Holy Spirit teaches us. And in keeping with that principle, with that scripture that the Holy Spirit teaches us, the Holy Spirit will impart to us knowledge and information as he decides, as he wills. That may be about the Bible. That may be about the nature of God consistent with the Bible or about others that also will not violate Scripture. Um, so word of knowledge in Scripture. So what we're going to first get into is what is word of knowledge and how do we flow with it? So getting onto word of knowledge, let's flesh this out a little bit more, put some meat on it. Word of knowledge, again, flows from our spirit to our soul. Here's what that means. When the Holy Spirit wants to impart hidden truth to us, he will impart that from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of our spirit being. Remember, we're a spirit man. He will impart it to our spirit, and our spirit then makes it known to our mind, will, or emotions, our soul. Mark 2.8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Okay, that's Mark 2.8. And you know what? Let's just camp on that a little bit. Because this word of knowledge is often glossed over. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this. Let's think about this and break this scripture apart. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit. He did not know it in his soul. It's vital to understand, right? I just talked about, I just said it flows from our spirit to our soul. Impartation is not given to the soul. It is given to our spirit. We are a spirit being. We commune spirit to spirit. Okay, we've been talking the last several weeks on communing and hearing the voice of God. It's birthed and takes place in our spirit, man. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Now, he didn't say it to them by his spirit. He said it with his mouth. He articulated with his mouth what Jesus was thinking and knowing. 
So his spirit gave knowledge, passed it along to his mind, and his body carried out the orders. That is a wonderful principle, wonderful example of how kingdom living and relationship is meant to take place. Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, gives understanding to our soul, and then the body carries out the will of the soul that is subject to the leading of our spirit man, which is being led by the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, so we're going to go over a couple of different ways in which, um, in which we, we understand things by the Spirit, in which we pick things up, okay, which are the ways we get this, um, this revelation from the Holy Spirit. It flows, once again, from the spirit to our soul. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, these are basics. This is not exhaustive, but, but this umbrella will pretty much cover the basic ways in which um, we can understand the principles of how it flows. It'll be a spiritual intuition or a spiritual knowing. Just like it said in Mark 2, 8, Jesus immediately knew in his spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke to his spirit, gave him hidden information about what other people were thinking in their hearts. Okay, that spiritual knowing or spiritual intuition will take place in three different ways. Uh, uh, before we get into those two different ways, the two basic ways in which we'll get typically word of knowledge is spiritual intuition or spiritual knowing or visual, in the form of a picture or a dream. Okay, before we get into visual, let's get into spiritual intuition or spiritual knowing. The spiritual knowing basically three different ways, an emotional feeling, a physical feeling, or a mental knowing. Okay, our spirit will pass along the revelation that's coming from the throne room in three different ways. It will pass along to our soul in our emotions, our feelings, in our physical body, or in our mind into mental understanding. Okay, here's some examples of spiritual intuition. 2 Kings 4.25 says, I would encourage you all to read this more in context, um, but basically this is talking about uh, Elijah, and there was a woman that was coming to him in great distress. Um, so it says the woman, now she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When, she, when he saw her in the distress, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there is the Shunammite. She, she knew who the, he knew who the woman was. Um, verse 26, run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mount, he took hold of his feet. Gehazi, the servant, came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and not told me why. The word bitter distress literally means her soul is bitter. See, what Elijah understood by the leading of the Holy Spirit was the condition of her soul. It's not just looking at someone and saying, oh, this person is coming to me and they look upset or they seem upset. Or It's not looking at things from the outside. It's a revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit on the inside. And this is an example of where the prophet understood something was taking place in her soul. It was a partial word of knowledge. He openly admits, the Lord has hidden it from me. Why? Meaning, I don't know the source of what took place. The Lord has hidden that from me, which implies Elijah was pretty familiar, pretty used to having also that additional information. 
but he says what he does know is her soul is bitter. Another example of spiritual intuition or knowing by our spirits, Luke 141. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth, right, there's a story of when Mary went to visit her relative Elizabeth when both uh, Elizabeth was pregnant with, with John the Baptist and Mary was pregnant with Jesus. So when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth goes on to prophesy. See, Elizabeth received word of knowledge about the baby Mary was carrying. The Holy Spirit gave her information, and she began to utter forth things that were otherwise hidden. It's another example of spiritual intuition that was, that was revealed. So another one, spiritual intuition or word of knowledge given to our spirit that's made manifest or proclaimed. It's John 1.47. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. See, Jesus didn't know Nathanael. Jesus looked at him, saw him, and the Holy Spirit gave him information about the condition of his heart. That's a word of knowledge. The Bible, guys, is filled filled with examples of the Holy Spirit giving us insight, filled with it. Um, we just kind of run over it and, and don't really stop a lot of times um, and just take note. Oh, wow, that was, that was revelation knowledge given to that person. Uh, so Jesus knew, it says, knew Nathaniel. There were examples of spiritual intuition or knowing that are in the Bible. Here is what's often missed the manner in which the spirit makes known to the soul will vary. We can speculate. We can look at these different, um, these different examples that we just talked about. It says, okay, well, we'll did um, in the example of, of the man of God, the prophet Elijah, how did he know the woman was in bitter, bitter distress? Did God tell him? Meaning was it mental intuition? Did he get it? Did the, did the spiritual intuition pass through his mental knowing? Did the Lord, the Holy Spirit, say, uh, Elijah, she is in bitter distress? Was it a word? Was it a physical feeling? Did um, Elijah feel something of his body that was ill? A lot of times we will get a physical symptom, which mimics what's going on inside of some other person. Um, For example, let me give you some examples here. not long ago, I was passing by someone. Um, I, w- I was passing by someone in, in a store, and as I was passing by in the store, my heart was kind of just heavy. I was meditating on the Lord. I was surrounded by people. I never really do well in crowds um, um, because a lot of times I just pick up on on the spiritual atmosphere of people and their hurt and their woundedness. And it's a great opportunity to just talk about, share with them God's love. But in this occasion, I was just walking past an individual, and as I walked past him. I literally felt in my body something wrong with my stomach. And th- that's very unusual. In fact, it's so unusual, I usually I have to go back and ask the Lord where I have missed that type of spiritual intuition being given to me because it's, I, I, that I'm aware of it's not very common. But I had just passed by a rather large man with a, with a, with, and I, the reason why I happened to notice him is because he had a very large belly. He had a very big stomach. I didn't really think anything of it other than I noticed that man has a very large belly. 
the split second after I walked past him, I got a piercing pain in my stomach. And I just stopped and I said, Lord, does that have anything to do with the man that I just passed? And I turned around and, again, the, the pain got acute and then left again. So I went up to the man and I said, excuse me, sir. I said, this may sound kind of odd and out of the blue. I said, do you happen to have any pain in your stomach? And he went on to say, yes, I'm fighting a very bad hernia. I'm supposed to be going in for surgery. I've had it for years. Nothing seems to fix it. <laughs> so go on the rest of the story. I went and lay hands upon him and, and the guy get healed of that hernia. That's an example of where the spiritual intuition was passed along by a physical feel. Okay. Um, so did, he, did Elijah get a physical symptom? Did he hear the words mentally? Or what typically takes place, what, what happens a lot with me, I emotionally will feel what that person is feeling. And so I, if it was me, there's a very good chance if the Lord chose to work, uh, manifest through me, I would feel the bitterness of her soul. I would be feeling literally what she was feeling. So those are just different ways. Now, the Bible doesn't say how, uh, in which ways it manifested that spiritual intuition. But we know it was hidden knowledge that was revealed. So, so word of knowledge can be spiritual intuition that flows either emotionally, physically, or mentally, okay, in which we're meant to get information um, about something or someone else. The second aspect of it, the second way that that can happen is through the mind in the form of a dream or a vision. Twelve says, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. That's a wonderful verse. I mean, we all know that verse, right? Talking about, um, that's talking about Joseph and Mary and, and baby Jesus. And we just read that all the time. We don't realize that dream, in that dream, was given hidden information that they would not have otherwise known. They were warned in a dream. That's word of knowledge. See, as we go on to talk about these things, guys, um, what's going to happen, which is really cool, is we're going to start realizing, wow, by the Lord, the Holy Spirit has been moving and attempting to communicate and let me flow through him in a lot of ways that I didn't even recognize. And that's really cool stuff. Flowing by the Holy Spirit and his kingdom is meant to be natural. We're, we're, we're spirit beings. We're seated in Christ in heavenly places. Our proper um, outlook is from the realm of the spirit with the Holy Spirit working through us. So um, it's pretty cool stuff. I'm excited for all of us. Uh, 2 Kings 5.26, but Elijah said to him, being said to his servant, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? In other words, uh, Elisha was saying to this man, was not my spirit with you? Meaning his spirit, or the Holy Spirit, saw what was going on, even though Elisha wasn't physically present. That's a word of knowledge that's taking place through uh, vision. The Spirit will make known the mind and the will of the Father. That is the strictest definition of word of knowledge. It's a hidden truth that makes known the mind and the will of the Father about a given situation. Some other examples, and the Bible again is loaded with them, but I just tossed down a few here um, that you can look up on your own time if you so feel led. First Samuel chapters 9 and 10, loaded with word of knowledge. First Kings four, uh, excuse me. First Kings chapter fourteen, verses two and three. 
Second uh, Kings chapter five verses twenty through twenty-seven. Second uh, Kings chapter six verses eight. Uh, Matthew nine verse four. John four eighteen through twenty-nine. Acts five verses one through eleven. And Acts ten nineteen. Those are some just quick ones that I that I grabbed a hold of. They're each uh, operate a little bit differently, but you can look into them. But the whole Bible is loaded with them. It's it's because it's life, guys. Our our Lord speaks to us. He's desiring to always speak to us, and He's desiring for for our communion to allow Him to flow out of us to minister to others. And here's the thing, guys. He loves you so much. He's desiring for other people to minister to you. But if the body of Christ doesn't know how to flow and yield and recognize the Holy Spirit, not only can we not minister, our ability to be ministered to by others in the body of Christ are hindered. God loves you very, very much, and he is longing for others that will step out and minister to you. So please know, our our Father, our Dad, is not silent. He is speaking to your spirit all the time, and he's speaking to other spirit through the Holy Spirit about you all the time. Anyway, um, okay, Matthew sixteen thirteen. I really enjoy this one. When Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he said to his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And asking Simon Peter, he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon, P- Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He goes on to say, are you? Because these words you got were not from man, but from the Holy Spirit. So um, that's just another example of of how that's meant to flow, how it's meant to um to to what what one of some of the ways that it will look at look like. So, how exactly now? So here's what we did in the first half: is we looked at different expressions of the Holy Spirit moving through word of knowledge, different ways in which that may look, um, different manners in which He speaks. We'll recap again a little bit because a lot of this stuff is going to be new. Word of knowledge is hidden truth revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. It comes basically in two ways, a spiritual knowing, just a spiritual knowing from our inside, or through a picture, or through visual, a dream or a vision, okay? Spiritual intuition, the Holy Spirit makes it known, an intuitive nation, you know, a knowing can take place, he can impart it to our, our spirit can be, receive it to our soul emotionally, physically, or mentally, The second part is through a dream or a vision, some type of picture that imparts truth, a revelation that the Lord is wanting to give to us. So how do we flow in it? There's three basic ways that we learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit in word of knowledge. They're not difficult. They're really not. That's the cool thing about all this. The first is trust. The second is recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the third is stepping out, which is yielding to the Holy Spirit. So, if we know that word of knowledge is information, let's start with number one, trust. We know that word of knowledge is 
information directly communicated from the Holy Spirit to our spirit. It's an otherwise unknown piece of information. Okay? It is hidden truth or fact. We're just recapping. So, the first thing we need to realize as we meditate on what word of knowledge is, is that in order for us to flow in it, the Lord needs to know he can trust us with that information. Here's a key point with trust, guys. We cannot be trusted or we can only be trusted with so much hidden information if we are trying to get something in any way whatsoever by that information. If we are attempting to add to our self-worth, if we think we'll feel better about ourselves, I'm a better Christian or God loves me more or I must be more special or I'm more spiritual, anything that we attempt to get something to add to our identity in any way whatsoever, it compromises his ability to trust and share with us because we're not flowing by the truth of God about us. We're trying to get something from it. That's idolatry. The word says we have been made the righteousness of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Colossians 1.21, right? It says we are without spot and blemish. We've been reconciled. We are holy in his sight and that we've been made brand new creatures in Christ. We are complete in his love. So trust and his, uh, our ability to be trusted will come to us yielding to the truth that we are the righteousness of Christ, that nothing that we flow in can take away or can add to our self-worth. That's vital, guys. That's why the Lord led me this whole first year to talk about our identity in Christ, the mind of Christ, because everything we're going to continue to build upon in the months to come, come back to the biblical foundation of our identity in Christ. So trust is the one thing. Luke 16.10, we'll see an application of a principle that, that Jesus talked about. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Proverbs 18.16, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. And that's a great little hidden gem in Proverbs 18.16. I'll read again. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. Meaning, as we are trusted, let's put those two verses together in context. If we can be trusted with little, if we're faithful over a little elsewhere, it says, we can be given more. If we can be trusted with something, we can do greater things because what the gift does is the, the, the impartation of the Holy Spirit to minister to somebody else takes the giver, the recipient, it ushers us into the presence of revealing the Holy Spirit. It ushers us into the presence of his greatness. So in order for us to, as the giver, yielding to the Holy Spirit, to be placed in the presence of the Holy Spirit's greatness on behalf of somebody else, he has to trust us with that authority, with that power, with that ability. So number one is trust. And the easiest way, guys, how to grow and trust, how to him trust you, we've got to get our minds right. We have to meditate on that. We are complete in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We are complete in him. We cannot add to our self-worth. If, if, if 
to the degree we contend with that truth, it's the degree that will hinder the ability of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. So the second is recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit. This comes through meditating on his word, um, spending time in prayer and worship. We learn to test his voice. John 4.1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they come from God. Now, how many spirits are there that come from God? Right, there's one. There's one spirit, the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say, well, I don't want to test God. I want to test Well, it depends. If, if, you're, if you're trying to test his patience to, to manipulate him, that's the example where we say we don't test God. But there is a biblical testing of God. We are to test and are encouraged to test the spirits to see whether it is the spirit of God and his giftings moving or whether it's not. Malachi 3.10 says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Now, the immediate context is them fulfilling old covenant law and testing God to see if he will respond. But the principle is never, ever changed. It's always the same. Test the Lord according to his word. See if he will be faithful according to his nature. He loves when we test him to see if he will be faithful to his word and his name. He does not mind that. He does not mind that at all. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. How do we take refuge in the Lord? One of the ways is we test him. And what do I mean by that? Please, all of this, everything I'm saying, guys, hear me in context. We take refuge in the Lord by testing and seeing and proving God's faithfulness and goodness in our life, not to try to manipulate him. Right? We don't, I don't charge up my credit card and violate all sorts of biblical principles and say, well, now I'm going to test and see if God's going to be faithful to me. That we have in Oklahoma, we would call it, that's ignorance gone to seed. I always love that expression. Um, you know, so that, you know, we don't, everything we do is in biblical context. The Lord wants us to see that he's a good father. He wants us. He says, we don't have because we don't ask. He says, how many of you are fathers that are evil, carnal, unspiritual, if your son asks for, for a bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks for an egg, will you give him a, a serpent, right? How much more will your Father in heaven give to those who ask? That's a form of testing. And the Lord wants us to test and see and, and understand his nature. And once we do, we accept it, we yield to it. So how does this tie in to recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit? as we get quiet, as we spend time meditating on his word, as we learn to get quiet and commune with him spirit to spirit, there will be thoughts that come up. There will be impressions that come up. You will have dreams. You will see visions. We just test them against the word of God. And that ties into how exactly do we test them? How do we test him exactly? Is stepping out. The only way we will grow is by stepping out. First is trust. Second is learning to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, which will come through his word, which will come in time in his presence. I have friends that, that I see face to face all the time. 
But the first time I spoke to them or they called me on the phone, I didn't recognize their voice right away. They had to identify themselves. In the same way, we may know the Holy Spirit in one way, but as he begins to communicate with us through another way, the voice of the Holy Spirit is not going to be as familiar to us. So we test that. And in word of knowledge, one of the ways that we test it is by stepping out. That's how we learn to recognize and hone his voice in word of knowledge. Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, those who, by reason of use, their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. There's another one of my favorite verses. I got a lot of them. Uh, let's read that again. Solid food, meaning the mature, but the things of the kingdom, the mature meat of the word, the, the mature aspects of the kingdom, belong to those who are of full age, those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. Now, here's a question. Is Paul talking to the Hebrews about, about exercising their physical senses? The answer is no, of course not. Paul is talking about those who, by reason of use, have exercised their spiritual senses. And the purpose of exercising spiritual senses, the, the scripture goes on to say, is to discern both good and evil, or said another way, Satan's kingdom, God's kingdom, counterfeit, truth, death, life. So as we exercise, practice, train, step out, we learn to develop and discern and sharpen our senses. This ties to the first point. One is trust, then recognizing his voice, stepping out. They all work hand in hand. James 2.14 says faith or belief, right? The Greek word for faith means to believe. Belief without works is dead. And here's an example I'll give because the word of knowledge in particular, and the gifts, we're going to give a lot of examples in scripture and then we'll, we'll some, I'll give you some personal examples. Um, a lot of times I don't give examples, not because I want to be secretive, because um, I, I want us to understand the principles um, and I don't want to get hung up on the specifics because sometimes we, we, we get too narrow-minded when we hear something specific. But, but there is place for it. Um, and so I'm going to share an example of how the Lord um, spoke to me about something, gave me word of knowledge. When I was, uh, oh, man, when I was, when I was starting to step out into um, being able to be trusted and, and to recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit and stepping out, there was a critical point in that time when um, I had made some mistakes and I argued with the Lord that I did not know, I was not 100% sure of his voice. And I was, I was very upset because uh, he had led upon me to do something and I, I, I didn't obey him and I contended with him. Um, and I said, Lord, I need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when you're speaking with me and I'll obey. And uh, so he, he tested me on that. So what happened was I'm coming home. I, this is the time I was working as a personal trainer. I came home from the gym. I'm home. I'm tired, exhausted. I've been up since 4.30. Across my street was a rather miserable neighbor. Uh, he was just a nasty, unkind. He, he just, uh, he needed God. You know, he needed the Lord's love, his bottom line. Let me back up and put that in kingdom perspective. Here was a man 
that was lost. This man was lost. And uh, he needed to know God's love. So um, the Lord spoke to me, and uh, he was outside trimming his hedges. He said, David, he said, I want you to go across the street. I want you to go, go down the road to your parents' house where all your landscaping equipment is. They used to have a landscaping business. I kept all the equipment after I sold it. Yeah, I sold the business. I want you to go pick up all your landscaping equipment. I want you to go get your, your, your equipment. I want you to go across the street. It's like, you know, 90 degrees out. You're going to offer to trim this man's hedges, the entire section of hedges. It was long. It would have taken me a couple hours. After you trim the hedges and mow the lawn and trim the lawn, the wife is going to invite you inside to have lunch. When she's inside inviting you to have lunch, the husband is going to sit with you. You're going to share with him the gospel. And he's going to accept the Lord. He's going to accept me. Well, I was tired. I was hot. And I was young. I was in my, my mid to late 20s at the time, which is no excuse. But I... um I still struggled uh, much more than I do now with rejection. And the man was not a kind man. And I, I argued with the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, I know this type of man. He's not going to like the way I did the hedges. That he's going to critique it. He's going to say what a lousy job I did, even though I'm doing it for free. He's going to just belittle me. And he's going to want just have nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm not going over there. I'm not putting myself through that. The Lord didn't say another word to me. Um, I went to bed. And when I slept, I dreamed of ambulances. I dreamed of sirens and alarms. And I woke up early in the morning. And I opened my door. And there was an ambulance across the street. And so I turned to my upstairs neighbor and I said, what happened? And they said, so-and-so, said his name, said um, he died last night, had a heart attack, and died in his sleep. And um, the Lord spoke to me very, very gently. And he said, David, yesterday was the day of that man's salvation. And um, so what's my point of all that? The point of that was, you know, I don't know how that man's final hours were spent. I'm not going to get into any of that. That is not the point of the story. The point of the story is we have to, one, be trusted with the information that's given to us. Because I trusted, yeah, sure, in the sense that I, uh, I didn't share it with anybody. Um, second, we have to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, we learn and we grow in that. In this case, I knew that God was speaking to me. But the third point that I didn't follow as I didn't step out. I didn't yield for whatever inexcusable reason. Now, God forgives me. Uh, I, I was a mess. That really, that derailed me for many, many weeks. And God's hand was on me, ministering to me and, and, and correcting me and, and, and his love doing a real work in me as a result of that. Um, but, the, but James 2.14 says, faith without works is dead. You know, if we know the Holy Spirit wants to move through us or we think it's so and we won't step out, um, that belief is, is no good to us. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the most encouraging part. We must walk in this broken record in our identity in Christ. Um, we've been talking about the past year. It doesn't matter what the world 
or the church thinks of you, you're fully loved and pleasing by your Heavenly Father, by your Lord and Savior, by the Holy Spirit inside you. So have fun. Step out. There's, there's, there's ways that we can do this without being weird. I don't tell people. This is just me. Everyone will have their own personality and way of doing things. I, um, when, I, when I believe I'm hearing from the Lord, I'm very low-key. Paul says, I became all things to all people in order that I might win some. I, I, I bury that word deep in my spirit, man, deep in my soul. I attempt to be all things to all people. To to the broken person, I'm I'm quiet and I allow the Lord to I let me identify with that person's brokenness. To a loud person, I allow the areas where I want to be boisterous and loud to identify with that person. I'm not talking about wearing a mask. I'm not talking about sitting next to a park bench and starting up an artificial conversation with somebody that's disingenuous so that you can figure out some way to mention the gospel. People see right through that, guys. The real, that the genuine is letting God's love flow through us, which sometimes will come in the forms of hidden truth. And from his heart of compassion and love, we move with compassion and love. Even if it's a word of correction, it's still compassion and love. Everything is meant to reconcile to him. But we can't do that if we're worried about what people are thinking. If we're worried about what people are thinking, it means... We've got to get back to our identity in Christ being secured in him. It's all over my uh, website. It is the foundation of how I'm meant to serve the body of Christ. I serve one of the ways is teaching on our identity, teaching on righteousness. Um, so really, have fun with it. Experiment, explore. When I, when I walk up to someone getting back to my point, I'll usually say, excuse me, uh, uh, can I ask you a couple of questions? Would you mind if I asked you something? And I just gather information. I don't have to tell them, the Lord told me so. Uh, the Lord said this. You know, I will wait. And if it's, when it's the time when that will minister to them, I share with them um, what I've seen. Or I don't share with them I see. I just know how to pray. But that's going to get more into next week, word of wisdom. This is strictly word of knowledge. It's a divine impartation of information that is hidden. And you can just test it out. Just ask people questions. We have nothing to prove to God, to ourselves, or the strangers. We are completely loved and valuable. So um, have fun. It took me a couple of decades. You know, one of the ways that the Lord moves through me, and that is as I'm growing, the, the, the different ways in which um, the Holy Spirit works through word and knowledge with me is continuing to get um, more and more uh, diverse. But for, for a long time, he, you know, moved me through uh, intuitive feeling. I would know what someone's feeling, not mentally. I would feel what they were feeling. There are a lot of people out there that are called to intercession that don't realize they are moving in word of knowledge. When you're feeling what somebody else is feeling, that is hidden information. It is, by definition, a word of knowledge. Now, when we get into the scripture, we talk about prophecy, word of knowledge, uh, working in miracles, discernment of spirits, or interpretation of tongues. These are definitions that are meant to give us um, what I'll call a grid. They're meant to give us a platform so that we can make sense of some of these things, so that we can begin engaging the kingdom. You know, I've had some people have discussions, well, word of knowledge is really this, and it's not this, or, you know, technically it's this, and word of wisdom is that. It doesn't really matter. 
you know, as we begin to understand the Holy Spirit's moving through us, once I begin to recognize that this is the Holy speaking to me about someone else, I no longer cared what anybody called it. It served its purpose. I recognize, oh, this is the Holy Spirit moving through me. What's the next step here? So, um, and that's what we're going to get into next week, word of wisdom. Um, a little bit of appetizer for, for the next teaching. Word of knowledge is information. Word of wisdom as, as I am defining it. Um, as, as, as I'm defining it for the basis, for the, the context of the Holy Spirit moving through us, I'm going to say word of knowledge is an impartation of hidden truth. Word of wisdom is the Holy Spirit telling us what to do with that information, how to apply that information to that unique scenario, okay? Other people have different definitions of things. It does not matter so long as we understand the purpose of studying these is to understand how the Holy Spirit works, some of the ways he wants to flow through us to minister and how he wants to minister to us through others. So uh, to sum up, word of knowledge is divine impartation of hidden information. It comes through two basic ways, visual or a dream, or through spiritual knowing, a spiritual intuition, intuition, which can take place emotionally, physically, or mentally. Okay, basic, just basic uh, overview here. This is not exhaustive. Uh, third point, how do we flow in it? Three ways, trust, as we continue to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit more and more, as we spend time communing with him, as we wash our minds in the word, as we identify with the mind of Christ, as we accept that we are fully pleasing to him, that's the key point to everything is understanding the righteousness that was given to us. Everything comes back to that foundation. Salvation comes from righteousness. We are saved because we've been made righteous, okay? As we meditate on those things, the voice of the Holy Spirit, we start to recognize, and then when he speaks to us in different ways or gives us information, we step out. We test the spirits. We ask him questions. We ask people questions. Just have fun. I wish someone 20 years ago told me to have fun. What a novel idea, right, that this walk can be fun. Um, okay. I'm going to recommend a book, and before I do, before some people want to crucify me over, over recommending this book, here's I want to lay down a biblical foundation. We talked about we don't judge a person. We judge the word, okay? Scriptural examples of this principle is David. David was a man after God's own heart. David wrote books in the Bible. David committed adultery, lied, and murdered, okay? Did God use David? You betcha. Anybody else that said that David had a, was anybody else that said he had a heart after the Lord like David? No. Did David make mistakes? Were there periods of time in his life where he got off track? Yes. Solomon, wisest man to ever live, nearly shipwrecked his walk with God, nearly destroyed his walk with God. Read the story of Solomon. He went off down a dark, 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 satanic worshiping journey. Read the story of Solomon. He started worshiping all sorts of demons, right? Guys, idols are demons. They manifested themselves. They weren't just dead pieces of wood. When Jans and Jambres laid down their staffs before Moses, those staffs turned into snakes. And Moses' snake ate them up, right? Let's not forget who's king. But uh, Solomon had a, had a real dark path he went down before he repented at the end of his life. 
Did God use Solomon? You betcha. That's Old Covenant. Let's talk New Covenant. Let's talk about Peter. Peter outright rejecting um, uh, the Lord as Savior. Now, some of you will say, right, because this is the New Testament. David, you're very big on covenant. These people didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. Well, uh, David was anointed king. He did have the Holy Spirit. But Peter, when he rejected Christ, uh, the rooster crowed, and he rejected Christ, he didn't have the Holy Spirit at that time. But when he did uh, reject the revelation of Jesus Christ as a born-again apostle, it says that at some point he used to hang out with some of the Gentiles, but for fear of the Jews, he began to isolate himself, right? He began to separate those from the circumcision from the uncircumcision. These were born-again Christians. These are the first, the early, first century church. This was after Peter got the revelation from the Lord in the form of, of a vision when he was in a trance. And the Lord says, don't call anything clean, unclean that I have made clean, talking to the Gentiles. Peter had the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ was for the world. Yet it says he started to, to withdraw from them. And so Peter had to smack them around and say, you're giving into fear of rejection. You are, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, yet you're separating yourself from Gentiles. So did Peter get off? Did he start to get into the potential of some false doctrine because he was starting to lose his identity in Christ? You betcha. Didn't make that up. That's in the word. Did Peter write a few books in the Bible? Did God use them a little bit? Absolutely. Peter wasn't perfect. Born again Christian, he wasn't perfect. One that I love, my, one of my favorite examples is Balaam. Balaam was a false prophet, yet God used him to speak prophetic blessings over the people of Israel. So why am I saying all this? Because we're called to rightly divide the word of God, called to rightly separate truth from error, okay? There will be times in the body of Christ when people rise up to serve in the body of Christ that have wonderful insights, but how we choose to go with our walk is up to us, and we can gain or lose that moment by moment. God never stops loving us. Guys, if if you were to find out next month hey, you know that guy, David Murray, has that, that great blog and, uh, you know, that website, and he talks on his blog, and he talks about identity in Christ and God's love and, 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 and all these things. Well, I just found out he just, he just ran off with his secretary. Now, I don't have a secretary, but, but and I ain't going to run off with anybody, by the grace of God. Um, right? Would, would that suddenly negate the truth that God did bring forth through me? No, guys. No. We're a yielded vessel at the moment in time that we are a yielded vessel. And the body of Christ needs to stop being respecters of persons and learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through even the most imperfect vessels. We, we, we must do that. So having said that, please hear me. If, if this study um, pricked upon your spirit, if it gave you a taste for more, the best book that I've ever read so far on it is a book called Word of Knowledge by Randy Clark. Randy Clark wrote this many, many years ago in the beginning of his ministry. Um, I don't really know much about the man other than some people today don't like him and will call him all sorts of other things. I'm not interested in that. When I read this book, my spirit bore witness to what he was saying. And most importantly, who cares what it bears to me? Who cares? I couldn't find anything that violated the word of God on it. It was just a book about wonderful applications 
that kind of expounded on what the scriptures talk about on word of knowledge. So if we can be mature enough to judge a word and not judge people, which is what we're called to do, I, I would welcome anyone to, to look up that book called Word of Knowledge by Randy Clark. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. People have been asking me, um, you know, David, where you been or what's going on? I've taken a break from uh, my website. I've taken a break from Blog Talk Radio because um, I am in the process of um, of writing a book um, that the Lord has impressed upon me. I'm supposed to be writing. It's um, It's going to be coming out sometime we're still finishing it up um working with a close close friend of ours my and i that uh, is helping us with it is acting as editor so we're working on that um so having said that uh some of you you know it's taken me longer to get back to to many people than it normally does um i haven't dropped off the face of the earth uh i just been really trying to be diligent to be faithful to prepare this writing for the Lord that he wants to bring out in this time. Um, you know, uh, hopefully it'll bless some of you when it's, when it's, it's completed. But anyway, uh, Dorothy, you still with me? Did I lose you? Were you able to hang on for the ride? I may have lost Dorothy. So um, we're going to close out before we do. I'm, I'm just going to pray. I want to pray for all of you. I'm going to pray for the body of Christ. Heavenly father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you have given us your spirit. Lord God, that you have called us to be more than conquerors, that you have called us to be a light in darkness, that you have called us to go out and to show your goodness in power, in love, in authority, in spirit, and in truth. Lord, I speak blessings upon everyone upon the body of Christ in this hour, across this nation, across those that would be hearing this, whether live or hearing this afterwards. Holy Spirit, I thank you for confirming your word. And whatever, Lord God, that you just want just to the ground, anything that's not of you, Lord, I thank you for just falling away and that your spirit, your truth, would minister greater insight and revelation to your listeners, to the body of Christ, that they would begin, we would begin stepping out more and more yielding to you and just giving you to those around us. Lord, I bless the body of Christ with greater and greater revelation of how loved we are, that we would give such as we have, and that revelation of your love for us would grow and grow until we walk and are the full stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, I thank you for this night. I bless the body of Christ. Thank you for them learning from my mistakes. Lord God, that the, the smoother and easier path that you have for the body would be born through the suffering that the church of those who have gone on before have learned the lessons the hard way. Well, I bless this generation. Bless my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. So God bless all of you guys. I apologize the chat room wasn't open. I will see you in a couple of weeks. We were talking about the next part in the Gifts of the Spirit series, um, Word of Wisdom, which ties in its brother and sister to uh, Word of Knowledge and Word of Wisdom work, you know, hand in hand. So uh, we're going to be talking about Word of Wisdom um, in the following broadcast. So God bless you guys. Um, I love to 
a beloved body. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful week. And know that you are loved. Take care, everybody. God bless.